Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode number 45. Well, we thank the Lord for his mercies to us. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the good night's rest, for waking us to another day. And we pray now as we open your word, you'll guide us in the understanding of it and give us something for our soul's need this day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you've just joined us, we've been going through the life of Jacob. In the last episode, we looked at the assurance God gives us when he seals us with his spirit. When he saved us by his grace, he did that through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. This was the promised blessing to you and me under the covenant God made with Jacob's grandfather, Abraham. God reassured Jacob of the covenant blessing that his sin was forgiven. That was the struggle Jacob was going through as he wrestled all night with the angel. He couldn't face Esau without the assurance that he was forgiven and blessed of God. And that's the same experience you and I will go through during the time of Jacob's trouble. I mentioned in the last episode that Satan, our soul's enemy, will be trying to discourage us during that time with a sense of our guilt. But if we have confessed our sins, we have the assurance of God given in Isaiah 44 verse 22. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. That's his promise to us. He has blotted out our sins, so we need not be discouraged. But that won't happen unless we confess them to him. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise for us today. Now John also wrote in the very next verses, verse 10, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. God is not a liar. We have all sinned and we all have sins to confess. Now is the time to confess them. John says in 1 John 2 verses 1 and 2, the very next verses after this, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation, or which means atonement or appeasement, for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Did you note that? We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is pleading his blood for you and me. But he won't always be doing that. I shared that in the previous few episodes. That's why it's important to have our sins confessed to him today. If we do, then he will be able to deliver us from the time of trouble because our sins will be forgiven and blotted out and our names retained in the Lamb's book of life. That's what gave Jacob courage to persevere with God in his night of anguish. And God kept him safe from Esau as a result. Ellen White uh, wrote on this in her book, Patriarchs and Prophets, page 202. I want to share from here. It says, Had not Jacob previously repented of his sin in obtaining the birthright by fraud, God could not have heard his prayer and mercifully preserved his life. So in the time of trouble, 
if the people of God had unconfessed sins to appear before them, while tortured with fear and anguish, they would be overwhelmed. Despair would cut off their faith, and they could not have confidence to plead with God for deliverance. But while they have a deep sense of their unworthiness, they will have no concealed wrongs to reveal. Their sins will have been blotted out by the atoning blood of Christ, and they cannot bring them to remembrance. That's Patriarchs and Prophets, page 202. So, I want to encourage you to seek God now for His blessing of forgiveness and for the promise of the Holy Spirit as the assurance of our salvation. With how much earnestness should you seek God? Well, Jesus, I think, described it in the response of the people to John the Baptist's call to repentance. He said in Matthew 11 verse 12, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, what did Jesus mean? Well, the idea is that the kingdom is forced, or is stormed, or taken by men of violence like men of violence take it by force, or seize it like a conquered city. In other words, they rush to grab it while they can and give all their energies to seizing it. Ellen White gave a further insight on this verse. In uh, her book, That I May Know Him, page 272, she says, The violence here meant is a holy earnestness, such as Jacob manifested. We need not try to work ourselves up into an intense feeling, but calmly, persistently, we are to press our petitions at the throne of grace. Our work is to humble our souls before God, confessing our sins, and in faith, drawing nigh unto God. Now, what things should we be confessing to God? Well, the Apostle Paul spoke of the hidden things of darkness. These things are going to be brought to light. In 1 Corinthians 4, verses 4 and 5, he said, He that judgeth me is the Lord. And verse 5, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have his praise of God. So Jesus is going to bring to light the hidden things of darkness. Now, I don't know what hidden things you might have in your life, but remember, nothing is hidden to God. He knows everything, and He knows your secret sins too. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's Ecclesiastes 12.14. And so... The secret things will be brought into judgment, but look at this in Matthew twelve thirty six. Jesus said, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. So it's not just the secret things, it's the idle things too. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, Paul said in Romans 2 verse 12, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. So it's by the law that we, be, that we will be judged, the law of God, in the day of when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. That's in verse 16, Paul said. So every one of our secrets will be brought to light in the judgment. You know, in view of this, Ecclesiastes 11 verse 9 says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. 
And then in Hebrews 9.27, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. And verse 10 of chapter of 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, as I mentioned in episode 42, Jesus is coming to reward us according to our works. Revelation 22 verse 12 says that he has his reward with him to give us when he comes. But before he comes, he must first determine who is going to receive the reward. So in my mind, there is two aspects to God's judgment. There is the, you know, what, I, what I would call the first phase when Jesus considers our name and if he will confess it to his Father or else blotted out of the book of life. That's Revelation 3 verse 5. And then there is the second phase when Jesus comes to this earth the second time to execute the judgment determined in the first phase. You could call this the executive judgment. Now, to help explain a little further on this, I want to share a parable of Jesus. In Matthew 22, and I won't share the whole parable, but just the relevant parts here. It says, verse 1, And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables, and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. Now, I'm kind of going down to verse 8. Then saith he to his servants, so the king said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both good and bad, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now that's uh, from verses 8 to 14, So in Matthew 22. So based on this parable, the king is going to look first at all the guests, those who have responded to the gospel, and see who has actually put on the wedding garment he has provided. The garment is Christ's own character, which he imparts to us through the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Spirit works to transform us and conform us to the image of Christ, so that we are like him in character. We saw that in the last episode. That means made holy in heart and life. Let me share it from uh, Ezekiel 36, verse 26 and 27 on this wonderful gospel promise. It says here, I'm going to start with verse 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Ezekiel 36.25-27, that's the new covenant promise. I'm reading here Hebrews 8 now and verses 10-12. to 12, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, that's Jacob's house, saith the Lord, uh, which is us spiritually, all of us as heirs of the covenant spiritually. 
And so this goes, this promise is for us. God says this, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. So that's Hebrews 8, 10 to 12. Now, where is the remembrance of record of our sins kept? Well, I think the answer is given in the scene of the judgment shown to Daniel in Daniel 7, verses 9 to 10. I shared this in the last episode, but look here again at verse 10. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, that's the Ancient of Days, the Father, thousands, thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. So, the judgment was set, and the books were opened. John in Revelation 20 verse 12 was also shown them. He says here, The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. Now, these books contain the names and deeds of every single person that has ever lived. They will be the records used to determine the decisions of the judgment. The first one is the Book of Life. This contains the names of all who have ever entered the service of God. Jesus encouraged his disciples to rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's in Luke 10 verse 20. And the Apostle Paul speaks of his faithful fellow workers with these words, whose names are in the Book of Life. And that's Philippians 4 verse the, uh, 3. Now, there is also a book of remembrance. Malachi 3.16 talks about this one. Let's have a look here. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. This is a book of good deeds. Our words of faith, our acts of love are registered in heaven. And then, as Jesus and Solomon and Paul confirm, there is also a record of bad deeds, idle words, secret sins. So, there are at least then three registers in heaven. Now, if we believe in Jesus, then there is one with your name written in it, the Lamb's Book of Life. There is another with your good deeds and another with your bad deeds. Now, the wonderful news today is that God covers all our bad deeds with the blood of Jesus. When our name comes up, then, there will be only good deeds, the deeds inspired and moved by the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. So they will truly be good deeds. Paul confirms this in Philippians 2, verse 12 and 13. He says here, And so, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only when I was with you, but even more now that I am absent, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is producing in you both the desire and the ability to do what pleases Him. That's Philippians 2 verses 12 and 13, the International Standard Version. Now, in closing, I just want to share from Ellen White on this in her book, The Faith I Live By. She writes, If your name is registered in the Lamb's Book of Life, then all will be well with you. Be ready and anxious to confess your faults and forsake them. 
that your mistakes and sins may go beforehand to judgment and be blotted out. And if they are, then when the time of trouble comes, you know, like Jacob, we will prevail with God and men. We will be delivered by God. Everyone found written in his book. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this meditation this morning that reminds us of the wonderful assurance that we can have in you that if we confess our sins today that you will forgive us, you will blot them out and have no more remembrance of them and that and thus give us great courage during the times ahead, the time of trouble when the enemy of our souls will be seeking to discourage us, Lord, and take away our faith. So please strengthen it today. Give us that assurance, Lord, of forgiveness and bless us with the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we can be prepared to meet you and Jesus and all the angels in peace. And so we pray this, Lord, in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the 7am Bible. This has been Paul Chapman. I trust you've gained a blessing from it. Remember, wherever you are today, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, be prayerful, be careful, take the Lord with you, and have a great day. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the 7am Bible. Oh